Hi there, welcome to the meeting. I'm your host, Luba, and in this season, I'm talking to professionals across industries and functions on the impact of coronavirus on their day-to-day lives. In this episode, my guest is Akil Reddy, who was most recently a data analyst at ZipRecruiter and a data engineer at PayPal. He unfortunately got really affected by COVID-19 and got laid off from his job at ZipRecruiter. However, within three weeks, he had three offers and is starting as a senior data analyst at Autodesk with a 50% pay increase. Akil and I have an incredible conversation. He shares how this job search process was, what kind of resources were helpful to him, data science in general, and why this field is the future and how he got into it. And Akil generally shares his positive mindset, his confidence, and teaches us how to look for an upside in any situation. This conversation taught me a lot, and I'm starting a machine learning class in Code Academy after being so inspired by Akil. I hope you enjoy it. Please tune in. Super happy to be talking to you, and I'm sure my audience will find this conversation super, super valuable. How many interviews have you had in the last few weeks? So in the last few weeks, I've been receiving a lot of inbound, a lot more than I typically would during this job search. Um, I would say on average, I'm at least having one call with a recruiter every day. Wow, every um, single day. Yeah, every single day. And it's just been ongoing. Um, currently, I've accepted an offer, and I'm still continuing to receive a lot of inbound. So that's been a great surprise. And um, you were saying that it was a great sur- surprise. Is it because uh, you know it's the quarantine, the lockdown right now, and you are receiving a lot of inbound despite that, or is it a lot of inbound even compared to a regular situation? Um, it's a little bit of both, right? So I'm receiving a lot of inbound. Um, prior to the pandemic and then i'm a bit surprised given like all the layoffs that have occurred um in the last few weeks that especially in the silicon valley there's a lot of opportunities and a lot of uh, recruiters trying to fill positions so were you were you worried at first that uh you won't be able to find an opportunity right now because so many companies are higher are are freezing their hiring and uh, just in general cutting costs I'm a little bit, I'll be honest, I was a little bit worried because I was um, impacted. I was laid off at my previous company and I had uh, no offers. I had no final round interviews at the time. So I was definitely worried, but then I was also encouraged and motivated to like find something better. And then I started hearing a lot of uh, support on LinkedIn yeah from um, multiple professionals that would post on LinkedIn uh, whether it was a spreadsheet or just you know encouraging you to reach out to them on LinkedIn and they'll try to connect you with whoever they have that would be helpful that's amazing it's it's actually really great to see how people are coming together in this time and trying to help each other you mentioned that you were impacted in uh in this COVID-19 pandemic. Could you tell me a little more about your experience? Like what exactly happened, how the layoffs were delivered? And you were in a technical role, so um, it's it's always surprising when technical roles also get impacted. That means that the company probably has not been doing very well and hasn't handled their costs well mm-hmm. either. Uh, but yeah, if you can elaborate a little more. Yeah, definitely. So at the time I was uh, working from home um, we were told to work from home like a week prior. 
Um, they made sure everyone had a monitor sent to them and everything they needed to have a proper work from home setup. So, you know, at the time I was like pretty happy and like confident that, you know, they were supporting my role and my mm -hmm. job and I was secure. And then about two days prior to this like meeting, I uh, saw a Google invite saying um, mandatory meeting and it was like a private list. I wasn't sure what it was about. So I joined this meeting. It was on a Friday. Um, multiple people had joined. It was a webinar with the CEO. And, you know, at that point, I was like, okay, I think I know what this is. Oh, and wow. Then, uh, yeah, he just was pretty short. Um, it was about two minutes. He expressed that. Just you know, two minutes? The yeah, whole just thing two was two minutes. minutes. Yeah. So he expressed that, you know, this company is projected to lose X amount in revenue this year. Uh, we're not doing so hot in order to lower our costs. We should, you know, unfortunately, we have to cut our workforce. So he said to everyone, you know, this is your last day working for ZipRecruiter. Thank oh, you for wow. your time. And uh, that was it. Within, um, within some seconds after that webinar, we actually lost our email access and everything. And Within seconds? Within seconds. Wow. So I couldn't even look out for the HR's email. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a pretty shitty of a situation. I mean, I didn't hear from my uh, managers or the people I worked with. So I was kind of expecting to at least hear something, yeah. some closing remarks from my manager or something. But, you know. So do you think the managers were not informed about this thing happening or were they just told to not do anything? <laughs> I mean... Probably, right? I mean, it was out of their control, definitely. But at yeah. the same time, I feel like it is respectful to at least, you know, have some closure with your manager that you've mm -hmm. you know, spent a year with, you know, working really closely with. So that's a bit disappointing. But um, I'd like to also talk about like Bird. Bird yeah. laid off a lot of people. They're also in Santa Monica. But on LinkedIn specifically, I've seen a lot of outpouring support for trying to um, get everyone who laid off a job within five weeks. I didn't see anything like that for ZipRecruiter. Nothing at all. So there was yeah. no one going, wow. With Bird, um, with Bird, I heard the situation for people, people being laid off, at least how the press portrayed it. It was also, you know, now they're, they like saying the Zoom part in the headlines, people were laid off over Zoom. And I always roll my eyes because it's like, okay, there is no other way for people to get laid off but for Zoom because no one can meet in person. But uh, anyway, in, the, in all those articles, it was so negative that it was HR delivering, um, delivering the layoffs. It wasn't even the CEO, etc. But it's always interesting than to hear a personal experience from someone because you always got to take media's response with a grain of salt. And even mm -hmm. though now you're saying that, you know, Bird got all this negative press, but they did actually do all these different things to support the employees who got laid off afterwards. So it's an interesting perspective. And Zip Recruiter, I haven't even seen any headlines, but looks like they, uh, they handled the situation even worse. And how was the whole process for you? Like, were you, seems like you weren't surprised when you you, yeah, when you got I mean, the meeting but how did you feel afterwards and like what was your immediate plan like were you like panicking or were you just right away coming up with a contingency plan good question because uh actually so this happened on friday right and mm -hmm. i was actually still paying rent i had a place in la um it was not april yet i believe it was march 27th so i would be paying april rent pretty soon um 
the next morning I was like, all right, I'm just going to drive to LA and move out all my things and yeah. try to not pay rent for April. So I made that drive in one day and I made it back the same day, moved out all my things and then um, tried to work out something with the landlord, but um, nothing worked out. So I am paying April rent technically. Oh, I'm sorry to hear but that. But at least, you know, I've closed out a chapter in LA and now I'm in San Jose. How long were you in LA for and why did you decide to move back to Silicon Valley? So, yeah, I was in LA for almost a year. I think it was 11 months. And I loved LA. It was always my dream as a kid, you know, as a huge Lakers fan to be in the <laughs> city of LA and, uh, you know, just embrace that vibe and energy but um you know it got, for some reason it got old quick oh, uh, to my surprise um i was living in santa monica and it's a little bit different from like the mm -hmm. city of la per se yeah and it was nice it was great don't get me wrong but i feel like at this time in my life it was not for me and i wanted to take my career to the next step and i felt like being in the silicon valley back at home is uh the place to be for that yeah, and th that's an interesting perspective because, you know, now a lot of people are moving out of the Bay Area, people are going to New York, people are going to LA. Actually, I remember about a year ago, I went to this happy hour by uh, Travis Kalanick's new company, Cloud Cloud Kitchen or something like mm -hmm. that. Yeah, yeah. He was he was given this really high presentation there, like, oh, LA is, an, is the next place to be, like, LA is good for this and that and rent is cheaper. It's a new, like, up-and-coming tech hub. You know, people are moving to Austin, but then here you are saying that if you want to take your career to the next level, I want to be in Silicon Valley. Why do you think Silicon Valley is, like, still a place to be? A um, couple things. I mean, just first and foremost, uh, the comp is a lot higher in the Bay Area. Oh, I feel okay. like for any role, it's at least minimum of 30%. But isn't it the expense much higher too? Yes and no. I mean, the rent is not that much cheaper in LA. Huh, okay. But if you think about it, there's a lot more to do in LA in terms of like social life. So like you're technically spending more, more money, money just going out more often, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, people, I guess, don't consider that when they're like, oh, the cost of living is a lot cheaper in LA. But is it really? Interesting. I mean, so yeah, I mean, the Silicon Valley, I feel like is can be expensive, especially in the city. But given that the comp is a lot higher, and there's a lot more room for growth. Um, it was, you know, this was the choice that I wanted to make. So. Yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. And so uh, when that whole Zoom conversation happens, you clearly figured things out pretty quickly. You like literally drove back to LA to figure out your rent situation. But what was going through your mind in terms of how do I find new opportunities now? Were you like stressed out or were you excited? Did you think you'd be successful? So I wasn't too stressed out because I was, I just recently completed a data science course at UCLA um, from like September to December. So I was looking to like elevate my career and like beef up my profile a little bit. And I felt like that would give me a pretty good advantage in my job mm -hmm. search whenever that would come and, you know, maybe came sooner than later, but I was ready for it. Um, I just spent a few days uh, changing up my resume and actually during this time, a lot of resume services have reached out uh -huh. uh, on, to my email, providing me with their service for free for like seven days or 14 days. So Were they just reaching out to everyone randomly or did you post on LinkedIn just talking um, about your situation? So I think it's because I posted on this like spreadsheet that was like publicly okay. shared on LinkedIn. It was like a layoff list. Mm -hmm. and it was like, 
if you've been laid, laid off, put your information here, your email, what you're looking for, your position. Mm -hmm. And then actually I got a lot of recruiters and a lot of resume services reach out to me because of that list. Wait, what's and, their incentive for offering their services for free for a resume writer? Is, is it because they're upselling you to like do career coaching afterwards? I mean, yes, th that's one of the things, but then also word of mouth, right? Like I mm -hmm. told two of my friends, Hey, like this resume service is awesome. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, you should give it a try and like, we're using it. So let's say our trial expires, uh, end of this week and, you know, we want to continue to use it. Maybe we end up, you know, opting in and right. Anyway. So makes sense. So you got reached out by a bunch of recruiters to check with your resume. And it sounds like there were a bunch of sheets and actually have shared, I think a few of them myself or because mm -hmm. I, I had some uh, acquaintances impacted at Yelp who got laid off as well. And I saw a bunch of these spreadsheets on LinkedIn where people would input that, Hey, I got laid off or I'm just generally looking for opportunities. And it seems like people are actually looking through those lists and trying to be helpful. Yeah. Um, so like actually you uh, had given me a couple of uh, these uh, resources that were yeah. really helpful. Oh, um, right. Awesome. So, I mean, there's a couple of websites that have like COVID-19 hiring, like who's hiring now, which roles are remote. Mm -hmm. And um, all that's been super helpful, actually. Um, I'm glad to hear. Definitely expedited my job search. And that's the reason why I'm here today with like an offer and continuing to receive inbound. And it's been great like I couldn't feel more confident about where I am right now that's amazing to hear and you the role that you accepted at Autodesk it's actually a higher level role than what you were at ZipRecruiter so despite the pandemic yeah. you actually are getting better opportunities exactly uh, I mean it's uh, I don't want to go into numbers but it's almost like double my comp from my previous job and wow. like I could not have you know been happier and more grateful about that and uh, I'm looking forward to this next chapter and uh, this next role at Autodesk. And uh, are, the, are, are the companies expediting the interviewing process? Like are companies who are still hiring trying to close candidates quicker? Because I see a lot of companies also poaching people when the company, when they feel like a company is not performing too well, they're going to try to target employees from that specific company to see if they can get the talents. So are they also just like compressing the amount of time that you have to spend interviewing? Yeah, everyone's really trying to move as quickly as possible. Um, so, for example, like Facebook recruiters, mm -hmm. in fact, told me, you know, we're trying to hire someone in two weeks. Wow. The entire process will just take two weeks. And um, Autodesk took about two weeks as well. So everyone's moving really quickly. In some cases, there, you know, let's say there's like f typically four rounds to an interview process. Mm -hmm. One of the rounds is not going to be included. So they definitely condense it and try to move as quickly as possible. I'm actually not sure why, why is that the case? Why are they condensing their rounds? I mean, so one thing, right? So like being in person requires a little more scheduling and more flexibility from mm -hmm. both parties, right? Mm -hmm. From the companies and the, uh, the interviewer. Yeah. So yeah, I think that being virtual and uh, connecting remotely definitely uh, condenses that gap and allows you to like, schedule time at a more flexible option. 
That makes sense. What um what are the tips that you have for people that are looking for jobs right now? Well, it seems clear that don't give up and don't think uh, that oh I'm just gonna wait out until the lockdown is over and only then I'm gonna start looking for jobs because clearly there is a ton of opportunities. And I myself actually am getting a lot of inbound inbound from companies that I've never gotten mm-hmm. inbound from before. So it's it's been quite curious. But I'm curious to hear from you since you've gone through this like very rigorous search. Yeah, definitely. I mean, my uh, first advice is like, stay motivated, be confident, um, use this extra time that we have at home to really work on like, you know, your mind and your body and just like little things that you would not spend time with usually on like a normal day, like not working from home or not in Mm -hmm. quarantine. And you know, just approach people, approach people on uh, LinkedIn, and uh, don't be shy. And there's so many resources. Um, Feel free to reach out to me. I've made a list of all the resources that have been helpful for me. And I've sent them over to a couple of friends. Oh, amazing. And there's a lot of uh, also online courses that you could be taking that have free trials. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you could put certificate in progress for like a specific program. And that looks really good. And, you know, that shows that you're using this extra time in quarantine trying to level up your profile. So, you know, actually, this is a great blessing in disguise, this opportunity, mm-hmm. I feel like, um, especially for a lot of technical skilled workers. Um, this opportunity will not be presented anytime soon again, I feel like. So it's important to like try to take advantage of it. Yeah, I 100% agree with you that, you know, in everything in life in general, you got to see the positive side Mm -hmm. as well. And of course, you know, you're literally one of the people who got very closely impacted by the situation and a ton of people in the country and in the world have been impacted. But I think it's all about the perspective of how you approach the situation and how you think about it and are you the person who are constantly in this negative um loophole of like oh i'm the victim of the situation like the government is bad this is bad that is bad or you can take the time to really think oh how can i use this time correctly and yes if i was impacted really really badly how can i be creative in trying to get out of the situation and get out of it on top as opposed to like even lower where than i was before right so i I absolutely love that philosophy and approach. You mentioned that um, like taking certificates and classes is a good way to up-level your skills. And you took your, yourself, you took that uh, UCLA data science crash course. Um, I've always been curious, like are recruiters actually paying attention to what courses and certificates you take additionally to your like degree? Um, yeah, so like, that's a good question. It's hard to really gauge that, right? Like mm-hmm. I don't ask a recruiter, Hey, like what stood out to you in my profile and why'd you reach out to me? It would be good to know exactly. Cause sometimes I'm curious as to why I might be being reached out to for these like higher level roles that right. I probably would not have expected. For example, Facebook has reached out to me for several data scientist roles that I would not have expected because I'm considered an entry level data scientist if I was to join Um, given I have no experience as a data scientist. So like that was actually really surprising to me. And I feel like, you know, having keywords like data science and like having a course in data science Mm -hmm. might've definitely helped. It's hard to really tell, but I'd like to believe it helped and encourage people to, you know, try to do the same. If there's a specific role that they want or they're aiming for, take a class in it and you could definitely put on your resume and mention that you know it's in progress and Mm -hmm. you're estimated to complete it by this time so i think that would help it definitely wouldn't hurt you know and then you could talk about it with the recruiter and yeah and they like seeing that initiative of course 
Yeah, and outside of actually putting the certificate on, you're actually learning the, the skill and getting the knowledge while you're completing the course, of course. Yeah, exactly. So with the Facebook data scientists, you know, because I know uh, on LinkedIn, because LinkedIn is one of the main tools recruiters use, they use the keywords and they use all these different separate databases that uh, surface the candidates with uh, those specific things mentioned in their profile. Once they find out that, hey, you actually didn't have any prior roles as a data scientist, do they proceed with interviewing you or are they like, oh, never mind, that's not what we're looking for? I mean, they actually, so yeah, twice with Facebook, actually, I've had a not so great experience. Mm -hmm. um, like a recruiter reached out to me. I was super excited about the next steps. And then when the next phone call came around prior to that, they were like, hey, we actually have someone in the offer stage mm -hmm. and we want to go forward with them or we want to see what happens with them first but i mean that shouldn't be discouraging you know the fact that they've reached out to me is super encouraging and boosted my confidence and i just want to like keep reaching out so like another mm -hmm. thing i've been doing is uh i have linkedin premium so mm -hmm. uh i'm sure a lot of people do and if you don't i highly recommend getting it um there's something called in-mail credits which are yeah. super valuable and a lot of people don't realize how valuable they are. Um, so you can reach out to these recruiters and uh, these other professionals. And um, basically your DM is at the top of their inbox and um, mm -hmm. there's a lot of uh, potential and opportunity for them to see it and respond to you. And um, how, did you, how did you manage, or maybe you just didn't have that at all, the feeling of imposter while applying for roles that were higher level than what you did before? I know some people can feel like not very confident in uh, thinking that they can get a role that with higher responsibilities and higher pay as well, but do you have any advice for how to deal with that and how to think, how to be confident ultimately? Mm -hmm. I feel like rule number one is never undersell yourself. Um, that's what I've been told and what that's what I've learned to know. Um, I used to be kind of intimidated by higher level positions until when I was seeing other people, other recruiters reach out to me for senior level roles. Mm -hmm. And then another thing is, you know, every candidate's unique, you're unique, you bring something different to the table that someone else doesn't. So take ownership of that and like show the recruiter what you're bringing to the table, mm -hmm. whether it's your personality or your train of thought or your credentials, you know, everyone's different and uh, you're a very valuable piece and a company would love to work with you. So just show them that. Yeah, that that's great advice too. Uh, with respect to differences in data X roles, you were a data engineer, you were a data analyst, you were applying for data scientist role. What is the difference between all three of them? So yeah, good question. Um, so my dream job is a data scientist, first and foremost. I'd love mm -hmm. to be a data scientist at some point in my career. And a data engineer is uh, involved in the backend process of, back of data. Mm -hmm. And um, this involves like the ETLs, the data uploads, the data pipelines. And then data scientists are, you know, more about creating these algorithms and machine learning models and providing like recommendations to um, stakeholders. Um, that can provide very valuable insight. So it's a little more complex role than a data analyst. Um, I would say it's 
it incorporates both data engineering and data analyst uh, skill sets. So. Got it. And what makes data scientist a dream role for you specifically? Um, so data is growing every day, right? And uh, one thing actually that I've noticed and that people should um, recognize is that with this COVID, this pandemic, there's mm -hmm. going to be a lot more data points to measure, right? That's true. So this is why Facebook, for example, is hiring a lot more data scientists. Um, they want to understand like what is going on and how to be better prepared for the future if something like this occurs. But there's in general a lot of data to visualize. For example, a lot of people are at home, so like there's yeah. obviously going to be higher traffic volume on like Messenger and you know WhatsApp and those kind of things, right? So like there's just a lot more sheer volume of mm -hmm. data, and that's why the demand for data scientists is going to continue to grow. Wow. So I actually have been meaning to take a data science course for a while. So of course I've been exposed to data and like took some SQL classes while at work. And sometimes I have to, you know, look at data and try to interpret it, but I've never, I never feel like I have the, the actual chops, uh, mm -hmm. even like the introductory foundations, uh, to, uh, to be or understand data science fully uh and i'm also i'm also very interested in taking a machine learning course which is kind of like can be said is a subset of data science but i'm wondering for someone like me or for someone in the audience who just is interested in data science but not, does not necessarily want to start a career in it but just want to have the skills and understanding what would you recommend to start with and what courses oh. Perfect. Um, so EDX, Harvard EDX is actually uh -huh. having free classes and they have some intro data science classes and uh, machine learning classes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I would recommend starting there. It's like a course that talks about the fundamentals uh -huh. and doesn't get super technical. Okay. But if you want to dive a little deeper, there are also subset courses that can provide some technical examples and uh, challenges for you. Uh, in terms of machine learning, like, are you, as a data scientist, are you interested in machine learning at all? Is that going to be a vertical that you want to dive deeper into? Yeah, actually, I want to do like a master's in machine learning. Um, my previous data science course dabbled a little bit in machine learning with R specifically. Mm. But um, yeah, definitely. That's a vertical I really want to pursue. Um, in the next few years, I definitely want to pursue a master's in machine learning and uh, see where that goes. <laughs> uh, so in terms of the like uh, promising verticals in data science, clearly machine learning is one. And it looks like, you know, it is a future in a lot of, um, in a lot of, ways how we interact with companies generally. What are some other very promising verticals of data science if someone wanted to go deeper into something? So no, it doesn't even have to be data science. Like as a data analyst, like that's a really hot role right now. Mm -hmm. Like there's so many data analyst roles and the main language that they're looking for is SQL, which can be mastered in maybe a month. And by mastered, I mean, you could be very proficient and consider yourself advanced in a month with uh, learning SQL. So like I highly encourage, you know, someone to uh, try to aim for a data analyst role if they're new to the data space. Um, it's a, a well-paying job um, mm -hmm. and it's in line with the vertical of uh, being a data scientist in a few years. So definitely would be something to look into. 
And data engineer as well, I would imagine, because anything that data analyst or data scientist has mm -hmm. to do has to be done on like a good infrastructural foundation with like strong pipelines and everything. And that's yeah, exactly. all a data engineer, right? Exactly. Yeah. So like some data analysts, like for example, like uh, at ZipRecruiter, there was some like data engineering work that I was involved with, like in conjunction with the data services team, mm -hmm. like understanding pipelines and building them and knowing how that process works. Um, that's very valuable. And um that can be also done on a data analyst role too. So, coming back to the process of looking for roles, what are some of the of the top of your mind uh, resources that you can uh, mention? So, there is resume writing services. Um, what else was helpful? So, there's that resume writing service on LinkedIn. There are a couple of posts that have been shared. Uh, one I think is called COVID nineteen hiring.co or something. Mm -hmm. Another thing is I've been saving uh, multiple posts from other professionals um, in, on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. um, and basically, it's just a very engaging comment thread of, you know, people going back and forth, sending each other emails and uh, connecting on uh, there. So um, that's definitely useful. I have a list of those things and I can yeah. share them with you and you can give them to your audience for sure. Yeah, actually I would love uh, after the call <coughs> to work with you on putting together some resources and then uh, I can share them on the Telegram channel that I've just started and also like just share it on LinkedIn and maybe email it to people who are interested. So if you are interested, definitely stay tuned for that information. I'll announce it on my Instagram when it's ready. So I thank you so much for joining me today. Um, it's Monday, so I hope everyone has a productive day and a good start of the week. And same to you, Akil. And uh, yeah, yeah you've got to balance the mind and body. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> That's right. See you. everyone. Bye. Day. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I hope you feel inspired and motivated after my conversation with Akil. I surely do. And if you did enjoy this episode, if you do enjoy this podcast, the meeting, consider subscribing to it, please. And I also want to thank StudioPod for distributing this podcast on the platforms where you found it. Thank you guys so much. I hope you have a great rest of the day. Stay healthy, stay motivated, stay inspired. Bye-bye.